This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Doc's Delights Batter Buddies. And Goodwin's Gladiators grind out East End win. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Twa Teams One Street. I'm Tom Duthie. In the studio alongside me this week are Alan Temple. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And joining us from a shed with a dirty looking skylight is George Cran. Hello. <laughs> George, are you familiar with the East of Scotland phrase, wash your windies? <laughs> it's on the top. I kind of get to it. We'll get a ladder. I'm disappointed. Yeah. You're such a well groomed young man. And to see that skylight in the background there. Really? Shame on yeah, you. Thank you. We've tried this. We've tried it. Don't worry. Anyway, let's get on with the show. And hey, some startling news, first of all. It's been brought to my attention that it seems that Rishi Sunak might be a fan of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Somebody pointed out this week, he's obviously said, if that has-been football writer could present a podcast, Dave Cameron can be foreign secretary. <laughs> boom, boom, here all week. Anyway, on with business. United, they're doing the business, Alan. They are indeed, yeah. They keep chugging along. It wasn't uh, the most impressive of performances against Dunfermline. Well, I have to say, I really enjoyed the game. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was yeah. one of the, the best Friday night games I've seen. It was quite... Uh, bits of quality yeah throughout. obviously sort of old news people have seen the, the highlights in the game but it's um i really enjoyed being there it felt it felt end to end it felt open um united to their absolute credit at 1-1 away from home the decent dunfermline side brought on mockery for tillson and basically said yeah. when we attack we're going to attack with seven people um and that created loads of space on the break and it felt in the stadium i'm not sure what it was like watching tv it felt to me like as close as United have sailed to perhaps losing their unbeaten record because there was a point there where I'm going, Dunfermline are every bit as likely to score as Dundee United. And that's because of the way the game was set up. United brought on uh, players and made changes that were designed to win the game. And Dunfermline had very, very good players on the break. Mm-hmm. Josh Edwards was uh, lightning on the on the turnovers and, and created a couple of decent opportunities. So all in all, very watchable, but, and it's a horrible hackneyed cliche but it is sort of the mark of champions that when you do have those 50-50 games that could go either way and go into the you know 85th minute all square it's you that that gets the goal it's you that wins the game and um it was a another successful evening for dundee united and i left that stadium thinking God, what a kick in the teeth, you know, that, that must be for Wraith Rovers. It was, Mockery's goal was literally a, mm-hmm. a goal felt across Fife <laughs> in, in the yeah. sense that I think Rovers would almost been as gutted as Dunfermline were. But then you look at how Rovers responded on yeah. Saturday and truly the, the circumstances of that, their comeback was, was staggering. And, um, you know, we did a bit in the paper earlier this week, but the, the amount of last-minute goals these teams have scored, both teams have now scored seven league goals apiece in the last five minutes of matches, which is uh, astonishing. Uh, only a broth uh, even come close with four. So that is, uh, we talk about the mark of champions. Wraith Rovers are showing the mark of champions and in any other year, you'd be fancying them for the title. And I can only imagine how galling it is that they've got this particular Dundee United team in their league because um, it's a great wee battle at the, at the top. But I still do think that United have the, the strength to 
to pull away ultimately. Yeah, and Bear, what struck me about United last Friday down at East End Park was if there was a difference between the two teams, it was United looked like a team that were working out how they were going to win the game. Dunfermline hoped they would win the game, but United have got that mm -hmm. that winning thing now that if if there's a way to win, yeah, they'll find it. Alan said it's a mark of champions and, and Wraith Rovers have it at this point in time as well, but there can be only one at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, I've got to say, I was travelling back by train to Dundee and I, I was trying to watch the game, but the Wi-Fi wasn't fantastic. <laughs> um, but what I did see, I thought, always thought United had the edge, Tam, you know, and uh, a fantastic winning goal from Chris Mochrie. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, I don't think it was great defensively when he drops no. the shoulder to go right and the Dunfermline player takes it. I don't, I'm not sure who it was, Alan, but took took the dummy yeah. and lets it run across him on, you know, and opens up the whole goal for himself. And keep their mind strong. Yeah, hands. I think Harry Sharp will be disappointed. He, he he didn't keep that one out, but still, great for United. Mochrie getting on the score sheet, coming on, and you know that's what managers love putting putting players on and they're making an impact even more so a young player and and, and Kai Fotheringham just keeps doing what Kai Fotheringham has done mm -hmm. all season and continues to impress and has been uh, well rewarded this week with his inclusion in the under-21 squad. Um, but Jim Goodwin will be, uh, will be delighted, but uh, um, he will be aware that, well, that great result on Friday night um, brought, probably brought very much into focus on Saturday evening when, when Wraith Rovers came back from nowhere to get that result at Queen's Park. And it's fair play to Wraith. They're, they're yeah. making a real game of it, you know, but they are playing catch-up and always think the team playing catch-up is the biggest but the biggest job to do. Um, so Dungeon United just need to keep doing what they're doing. Um, you know, don't get too far ahead of themselves and, you know, just keep picking up points and making life tough for for the teams around them. You do fear that there's only so long that this Wraith Rovers pattern yeah. of yeah. Yeah, uh, coming back from the that's dead crossed my mind. can go. You know, there's nine of their 20 league goals this season have come in the last 15 minutes yeah. and they've been behind with with a degree of regularity and there is only so long that that can... I mean, it's such, such laudable spirit, but your luck will... In fact, that's harsh. It's not luck. It's mm -hmm. persistence and quality. But that can only happen so often. I, I think uh, you would always back the team that tends to be solid and very rarely in a losing position, which is Dundee United at this point. Even so, George, you sort of think that 90 minutes on Saturday, Jim Goodwin must have had the cigar approaching his lips and ready to light, <laughs> and then Wraith come up down to 10 men, 2-1 two down, two injury time goals. Must be a wee bit of an annoyance. Um, I'd, I'd never get the impression that Jim Goodwin would be the type of manager who would look too much at other results. I know they would have preferred race to, to drop points and it very much looked that way. I was listening to the radio and it sounded like they were dead and buried, I have to say. Um, so, as the other boys say, full credit to them. But Jim Goodwin doesn't strike me as the type of manager that worries too much about the opposition it's more about if we keep doing what we're doing then it doesn't really matter what anyone else does and i get that feeling in the championship at the moment because you kind of mentioned it before time about Dunfermline. i thought Dunfermline played some really nice stuff and we're knocking it about and and moving united around but you never got that feeling that united were in that were in serious trouble um, no, I thought, first half especially, I thought United were very controlled when yeah. they weren't in possession. Yeah, they, they were having to work because the Fermland shown that they're a good team in the Championship. 
but United always you always felt they had that confidence that they had the, the quality in the end to, to make the chances count when it came their way um, Kai Fotheringham as mentioned I've spoken to Lee Wilkie our columnist a few times because he, he coached Kai uh, in the youth teams and he's absolutely not surprised that he's knocking in the goals because he's, he's always seems to have that knack of uh, being in the right place at the right time it's it's something you can't really teach and it's, it seems amazing yeah, well, when you watch you know United what? I, I go back I've mentioned this before I saw an interview with uh, Ian Wright once and Ian Wright said people say you can't teach us you can't but he said when somebody had a shot he ran towards the middle of the goal and that's yeah. exactly what Kai Fotheringham mm-hmm. did and it's great I mean, it is, it's, it's hard to actually teach it to do it with that spontaneity if you like but I thought that Kai Fotheringham's goal was the perfect thing that yeah. as soon as the shot was hit he set off straight for the middle of the goal I think and it's, he got his reward I think it's all the more impressive when that first goal for example was a far better goal than I gave it credit for in the, uh, in the building at the time as is often the case you know we've, yeah. written, we've written enough match reports to know that the people seeing the replays uh, have a better sense mm-hmm. of uh, how a goal comes about than, than we necessarily do all the time but the Kai Fotheringham's little touch off to Louis Moult in the build up to that first goal which then Moult feeds it back to Grimshaw and any player could perhaps admire an absolutely sensational touch a lovely wee death but he doesn't his initial reaction yeah. is to do you know what no intention of admiring that touch no intention of bailing out of the move at this point and bombing towards goal to be the sharpest there and it's uh, it's uh, yeah I, I don't even think I had his best game to be honest no, I'm, I'm, sure, no, I'm pretty no, sure he no, would uh, I was I was a bit um, mm-hmm. amused that there were uh, bombing him up if yeah. you like we, he, he tried it I thought he tried a lot of the right things but mm-hmm. Quite a bit didn't come off for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm an admirer of Kai's. I think he's a, a very talented boy, and as you say, has a real knack of being at the right place at the right time. But I thought for the first half hour or so, it was uh, his weakest performance for a long time. I just didn't think things were coming off. And listen, you sometimes have nights like yeah. that. But see, if you're having nights like that and you still contribute Keep a goal or an, exist, or an assist, then you are uh, you're worth your weight in gold. So. Um, uh, I think it's uh, you know fitting that only a couple of days you know later he, he got his call up for the twenty ones because I was a tad surprised that he wasn't actually in that original group. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bit you, you'd like to think a bit of credit goes to the coaches for goals mm-hmm. like that. If you if you're hammering it into kids from a young age, you hope that it becomes a reaction rather than something that they have, they need that second to think yeah. to do. Yeah, I mean I, I saw a bit in today's. Telly Allen, I think it's your your piece where Kai actually praises Dave Bowman for mm-hmm. some of the work. But yeah. I would doubt very much of that. It might be. It might be that Dave's actually mentioned his attacking things that he's got to do and the runs he has to make. But just, I think he praised Dave Bowman for his overall, you know, the, the knowledge that he's passing on. He, and Kai Fotheringham to me is, is, is like a sponge at this point in time. You know, I said right at the start of the season, well, Jim Goodwin has signed several experienced players which he had to do at, at this level to, yeah. to make sure he had a solid foundation to get himself out of this league there would be opportunities for young players absolutely opportunities and, and we've seen that but it's up to them now they can go and claim a, a, a jersey you know in the future by what they do this season um, at Tarries and Kai Fotheringham is, is absolutely doing that and it's not going to be brilliant every week there's no player no. brilliant every yep. week but as Alan says the games that it's probably they're the most important games. When you're not actually having a great game, you can still make a contribution. 
you can still do something on the park, whether it's stopping an opponent or as Kai Fallen has got in his locker, it's coming up with goals. And those runs as an attacker, where you anticipate the keeper maybe the ball rebounding or coming back off a post, the great strikers all have that. The, the, the guys that tend to get 10, between 10, 15, and 20 goals a season all have that. They're all in there from four, five, six yards for the mistake, for the tap ins. And we we'll, we'll like to see spectacular goals in games. And they're, they're the ones that tend to get shown most often on yeah. the TV. You know, the ones that your bread and butter can be the most valuable for, for teams, the ones, you know, from those sort of six yard areas that can change the course of games. So, yeah, to me, he just goes from strength to strength, Kai Fogg. I mean, there's a few others, Mochrey coming on and, 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 as I said, contributing as well. Jim Goodwin, and there'll be a few could others you, in there. And that, that'll encourage others as well. He, he seems yeah. to be getting that from his kids. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing that uh, I don't know the technicalities of what Dave Bowman said to him, but one thing he will have said to him is games like Friday, don't stop. Mm-hmm. Just because you're having a bad game, you don't stop. You keep going. You keep doing something. You you make a contribution. And credit to Jim Goodwin as well, because he is getting that. I mean, kids can often... You have to learn to be dropped. You have to learn to be on the bench. But he see, it seems that when he brings these kids off the bench, they're ready, they're ready to, to go and ready to do something, aren't they? I just like when you hear stories of players doing extra after games and actually mm-hmm. picking the brains of people and as uh, you know Kai was and you know was talking about doing a lot of crossing and finishing after training and basically saying listen I know the ball's falling in the right places right now but it won't always be and I want to be picking up more and you know developing and uh, you know it's good that Dave Bowman's there to to be that um to go through videos to pick up things that he's maybe not doing quite right and he's definitely bearing fruit and yeah, as you, as you rightly say, I think while you never want to be in the championship, I think in the fullness of time, there'll maybe be an element of looking back on this season and saying, you know what, this is the best thing that could happen to a few of these young players yeah. that weren't perhaps ready to play 35 games in the Premiership, but are ready to play 35 games in the championship. So you look at Declan Glass has developed really nicely. Matthew Cooch was a, a top talent. He's assist for the winner on Friday night was delightful. He'll come into the starting lineup against Falkirk, and I've got no doubt will play well. And um, beyond that, as you say, Mockery coming on and making an impact, Kai Fotheringham flying, Ross Graham's I was another one that I would maybe expect to come in on, on Friday night and has done absolutely fine when he's come into the side. So there's a lot of these boys that perhaps now coming into the, the Premiership next season, touch wood, um, can actually come into the Premiership with a run at it, if you like, you know, confidence high, feeling like they belong in the first team, and that gives them the best chance, if they are going to make it in the top flight, to make it in the top flight. And, and you mentioned Declan Glass there, uh, and in a funny way, watching the, watching the closing minutes of the game, when he had the fluky after what, in fairness, the Dunfermline player was a genuinely accidental uh, collision. Another thing about United, United have got that sort of presence about them in their team haven't they when when he lost his temper with the lad the lad was like Ooh. he looked like he was going to say mister mister didn't it hit us <laughs> and it's but it's that thing they've got that i mean from the back through midfield and and right up to louis Moult, as well as these kids that are putting a shift in they've they've got guys that command respect on the pitch haven't they Oh, they've got a team full of really grumpy bad losers, uh, I would say, uh, which is something that they could have done with more of last season. And Does that come it. from the manager by any chance? I, I, well, I don't, I don't doubt it whatsoever. Don't doubt it whatsoever. I think if you look at a checklist of things he was looking at for his summer recruitment, yeah. you know, 
really hates losing would be yeah. high on that <clears> list. And that is certainly a character trait that they've got through the spine of the team. And um, I think we've pointed it out uh, plenty of times this season. And it's not just, you know, your Ross Doherty's and your uh, um, Declan Gallagher's, you know, guys like Jack Walt and Kevin Holt. And even, you know, even guys like Craig Sibbald, a little bit quieter about it, but, you know, a pest and someone that yeah. will run himself into the ground. They've got a good bunch there when it comes to the determination. I must admit, I wondered if the Declan Glass snap at the Dunfermline player had more to do with him falling on his face for the <laughs> Dunfermline. He was still still unhappy because to do, they don't take losing goals very well, you know, which is what you want, isn't it? Absolutely, and and you know that that that's sort of showing up in their, their their clean sheet record. They don't like giving much much away. I've got to say, I didn't actually see the Declan Glass thing, and it's as surprising as Declan Glass because you know. I, he's not someone I would I would suspect that would snap easily. You know, he looks yeah. quite a, quite a, a mild mannered lad. But I, I spoke about Declan Glass again at the start of the season. I would say more more so for him this season is vitally important that he he shows his true colours at, at Tannadice because he has he is a wee bit older than than some. Um, he has been out on loan sev, several times and ended up back at Tannadice for for various reasons. Um, now is the time for Declan Glass. To come to the floor at Tandice and hopefully maybe that's some we mentioned he, he, he had you had the ability there was no doubt about mm -hmm. that from a very young age but you need more than just ability to, to be part of a football team that's going to win games and maybe he's taken on board things as well the things he has to do he's looking around him how am I going to keep myself in this team and keep myself at Tandice and, and playing first team football and he's become a better a better all-round player for it. He's a, a bit like Louis Moult Alan he's a, he's a boy that is experienced enough to know that after a couple of uh, less than great spells at clubs, he's come to United and he's he's got to meet a mark. Because I mean, two three years ago, he was getting in the Scotland squad, albeit as injury cover, but doing a doing a, a job. Yeah, but, I think. Uh, I mean, at his age, he could he could have said, oh, "Well, I've had my time," but he's got that determination to show he's a player, hasn't he? I think there's a few that fall in that category. You're right to mention Louis Malt as well, a, a player that's now. Um, as, as I've mentioned in a previous episode, I think we can sort of wipe away the injury stuff. Um, I think he'll be uh, rested on occasion. Wouldn't surprise me if he maybe doesn't play at the Falkirk Stadium on Friday. But in terms of you know any serious concerns, I don't think they exist. And um, again, I mentioned someone like Craig Sibbald, mentioned Glenn Middleton. You know, it's, uh, these are players that, whether it's through injury, whether it's through the way last season went and wanting to prove a point, are really, really determined. And uh, that determination's shining through, they're picking up points, they're not losing games and 17 unbeaten in all competitions. So while Friday night isn't the, I mean, I was going to say isn't the most important, it definitely isn't the most important, Jim Goodman said it's the least of their priorities, but they do want to go through, they do want to make it 18 unbeaten and with the decent depth that they've got in there, there's every chance they'll do that, I think. Yeah, I mean, you, you say that, I mean, certainly the fans and I know, well, not being a United fan per se, I'm not too concerned about tomorrow's game and the whatever it's called now, Cup. But you know that when the whistle goes to start the game, the way United are this season, they'll be taking it very, very seriously. It'll, they'll approach it exactly the same as a, well, a league game, won't they? Well, they did it against Peterhead. Yeah. Yeah, we, got, we, got, we got caught out with yeah. Peter Peterhead thinking he'd, he'd certainly not, not saying he wasn't taking the game seriously, but doubted whether he would actually play so many first-team yeah. players. Mm -hmm. And he played, a, he played his entire first team that, that yeah. day. And we talked about 
we can see the reason behind it. He wants continuity. Mm-hmm. He wants to keep it going. If you're fit, you, you, you will play. There will be opportunities. That game at Peterhead, I think Moult, we thought he would have been the, the key man to be yeah. to be mm-hmm. left out, ah. but he did he did play. He, albeit he got he got substituted after an hour, and we could see a bit of that again on 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 Friday night. But Jim Goodwin is not for stopping here. United have are, are, are gathered a huge amount of momentum, and even even as would it be a hiccup if, if they went out with this cup? I, I don't know, but he doesn't want that. He wants us just to grow and grow and grow, and you know, and just so that. He doesn't want any sign of taking a foot off the gas tank. I think rather than making changes for the sake of it, I think what Jim Goodwin has done is seen it as a chance to reward players who simply can't get into the team Mm -hmm. because of the performances of others. So rather than saying, I want to rest this person, it's more of a case of, I want to reward this person for their hard work. And if that means somebody temporarily drops out, then then so be it, which I think is a good way to go about it because it means that the person coming in is in clearly is in good form and training, is working hard. And I think that's why maybe you'd be looking at some, maybe Ross Graham, Kieran Freeman, Declan Glass, Matthew Cucho. They, they would be the guys that I think, with the way that Jim speaks about them, and uh, I would maybe Mockery in there as well, with the way Jim Goodwin speaks about their performances and training and their impact when they do come into the side, I think you could look at them perhaps um, over the course of the 90 minutes getting an, an opportunity. But I still think when, you've, when you read out the 11 players that will be in the team, I still think it will be a team that should beat Falkirk. Uh, albeit, I would say, yeah. Falkirk are in fine, fine form and are another team that... Another good footballing team. Well, they're another team that's yet to lose a league match. There's only Celtic, Portsmouth and Mansfield Town other than Dundee United. Somebody's been doing their homework. Other than, <laughs> other than Dundee United and Falkirk, they haven't lost a league game in Scotland and England this season. So, yeah, don't don't kid yourself that this will be easy. Falkirk are not a team that loses matches either. And, I mean, the great thing for the SPFL Trust Trophy, to give it its proper name, is they've been slotting it in in international breaks. So, a game a week's not a, an issue. I'm, I'm just looking at the notes here. I mean, if, if Jim Goodwin's got a concern this week, it might be that uh, Kai Fotheringham plays in Belgium on Friday and plays against Hungary on Monday for the under-21s. Great as that would be for him, that's an overload of games, if you like. Whereas playing the uh, playing the SPFL trophy a week on from your last game is not a huge problem. It probably keeps the, keeps the match fitness t- uh, ticking over, doesn't it? Yeah, I think he's got. I mean, he's got a squad to, to cope with that anyway. You know, um, the games, but the, the games have, have fallen quite nicely in, in terms of the frequency. Time for you know, yeah. they've not been they've not been pushed too hard. And as for Kai Foran, whether it you know is it is sort of two games over the space of four days, and you always we'll concerned. Get a huge buzz. Always concerned, yeah. But he will come back. Yeah, come mm-hmm. back buzzing. You're right enough from that. The fact he's been included in that squad, and hopefully he gets get some game time as well because I, I, I do believe as Alan said he's, he really should have been in there on merit anyway you know um, I was disappointed he, he wasn't actually called up so he can go and show what he's capable of and bring like I say I think he's like a sponge at this point in time bring those experiences back back to Tannadice and you know you feel a much bigger player walking into the change room at Tannadice now he's he, you know he's, he's, he's been part of that yeah. international setup yeah it does. Things like that do make you feel. They yeah. help you feel you belong mm-hmm. in the first team dressing room, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I, I think that's a key thing. Something Jim Goodwin mentioned actually speaking to him earlier this week is as Kai's really benefiting from that sense of belonging, which can't be underestimated. I think when you're an academy kid, because yeah. when you come through the academy, 
you sort of maybe feel like, yeah, you're at the club, but you know, if you get signed for a hundred grand, then of course you're a part of the first team. Yeah. You know, you've been signed, you've been pinpointed. Whereas if you come through the academy, you know, to actually get that feeling of I'm part of this first team can be so much more difficult. And I think he really does have that that sense of belonging. And yeah, on, on Tuesday we went up to the uh, I went up to the, the Dalmahoy to to speak to, uh, to to Kai, and he looked you know proud as punch, and he's Scotland trackie, and he <laughs> came in and you know first thing that he said about the training session that he'd just been in is how good Ben Doak was. You know, absolutely right. unbelievable. You know the things that you you'd learn from a player like that, watching him and his movement and his quality, and I think that that speaks really well to to Kai Fotheringham's mentality because um, the first thing he comes in is basically says there was a guy straight away that I wanted to learn from. And I think that is indicative of how um, he's gone about his business this season. You know, learning as much as possible, doing as much as he can to to progress. And yeah, I really hope he gets some minutes because um, I suspect... I suspect Scott Gemmell will like him because mm-hmm. he, um, Scott Gemmell, uh, I know from speaking to some some people that are, are close to him, Scott Gemmell likes his attacking players to be um, high energy, high press, um, work really hard to to trigger the closing down from the front. That's why he likes Lyle Cameron, for example. Um, and Kai brings that. He's got yeah. bags of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he gets the chance, I think he'll, he'll impress the coaches there. And George, while, while the United directors might not like it when Kai Fotheringham comes back in his next contract negotiation, he asks for the same as Ben Dopes on. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for coaches, it, it, it's good for them. Because that's what happens when they're uh, yes. oh, isn't it? Aye. How much are you getting every week? <laughs> You're on what? But, but for coaches, it's great for their players to go and see, you know, other regimes mixed with players from other other clubs and other areas, isn't it? Yeah, just that um, change of environment can, can be a really good thing to kind of add to the So the that's why you're in your shed today. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> uh, to add to the good environment they've been building at, um, at United, I was going to say Tannadice, but they don't, obviously they don't train at Tannadice. But um, no, I've noticed that certainly with the, uh, obviously I'm, I covered Dundee, so speaking to the, the boys that have been away with Scotland on the 21s with them and they, they were come back the confidence just takes a massive boost because obviously it's fantastic getting it in your own first team but when you're getting the kind of um, extra credit from a, a national manager saying you're good enough to get in a, an international squad I mean that I can't, can't even imagine how that would feel I have to say speaking to Finn Robertson uh, just recently he didn't even manage to make it on the pitch um, for the the last camp, but he, did, he he absolutely loved every minute of being away with the, the Scotland camp and, and learning from guys like Ben Doak, as you say. So uh, yeah, I and think it's hey, a huge. There's all there, there are also times. Let's not let's not see Bertie Vox, but there are also times <laughs> when players go away and go, oh my goodness, what I'm doing every day is better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a better, yeah. I mean, you can get a pleasant surprise and find out, hey, we're we're doing good things back at Tannadice or Dens. Definitely. Yeah, well, um, yeah as you say, it's just that different sort of experience that you can only learn from, I think, or certainly should learn from, uh, even if it's just that aspect of, hang on, I, I'm, I'm doing some pretty decent stuff, even if it's in the championship and these other boys are in the premiership, I'm at the same kind of level as these boys. Um, so, yeah, I think it's... it's Fantastic uh, for Kai, and it's kind of it's great for the the city. The, both teams are getting 
boys regularly in, yeah. in these squads because it's been yeah. quite a while since that's happened. And to change that completely, I was very pleased to learn this week that um, a former United favourite, John Daly, won the FAI Cup back in his homeland. Mm, yeah, congratulations to, to John. He's done an absolutely fine job. I've been, uh, I mean, I interviewed him a while back when he went over to be Jonathan Johansson's assistant over in Finland because it was a story that, that, that tickled me. I thought it was a really interesting um brave move to go over and, and cut his teeth so since then I've sort of followed his, his career path and he went to St Pat's back in Dublin as, as assistant to Tim Clancy and took over in a, in a tough spot, you know St Pat's were three defeats on the spin, they'd kind of plummeted down the table and um, in six months as permanent boss since succeeding uh, Tim Clancy's secured a third place finish, so European qualification, and has won the, the FAI Cup, which is obviously their version of the Scottish Cup, so not inconsequential at all. 44,000 people at the Aviva Stadium, which was a, a record for for, um, mm -hmm. for for the Cup final. So um, he's clearly um, clearly got something about him. You know, he's had yeah. a couple of stints as um, caretaker when he was at Hearts, um, right. back when I was on the Edinburgh beat. So. Um, I, I know he was very, very highly regarded by Craig Levine, and as, as a general rule, Craig Levine thinks you're a decent coach, um, then you probably are a decent coach. You would look at someone like, for example, a, an Ian Castro and say, maybe not a brilliant manager, but yes. if Craig Levine thinks you're a good coach, then you are probably uh, a very good coach. So um, I think that's one to, to keep an eye on because uh, Big John's family still kind of live over here and things like that. So while not wanting to wish away what is a as uh, a very good spell as St Pat's manager, I think one day his, uh, his path might end up coming uh, back this direction. And bear nobody who remembers him from Tannerice now, I mean, I was lucky enough to know him quite well when he was at Tannerice, will be surprised that he is a good coach because as well as what he did on the part that made him a cult hero for United, he was a big influence over David Goodwillie and Johnny Russell. Mm -hmm. as kids. I, always, I always felt that he we probably didn't give him enough credit for yeah. the way he brought them on. Because yeah, yeah. they were both they were both quite raw when they came into the first team. Yeah. But as well as as well as be their strike partner, he mentored them in, in games in their early days. Absolutely. And we, we spoke about Kai Fodder and learning, you know, at this point in time. Yeah. They would have benefited from John Daly's experience at that point in time, Matt Tyson. There was a few others at Tanadice who have gone on to, to fantastic things I've got to say, who will have benefited from from John Daly. Uh, being there yet. but uh, Alan's right it'll be interesting to see where he goes now I saw a few of the pictures and he looked delighted with it, to have a, a cup ah, in his hand beautiful. and you know, it was good for his, his CV and mm -hmm. um, it's a good start for him but I wouldn't be surprised if he, he turns up again on, on these shores uh, in some sort of capacity in management ah, and bizarrely the other day I passed his great friend Sean Dillon nine o'clock on a rainy weekday morning he was out for a run. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as I say, I passed him. Good on him. I was, <laughs> you passed him. Were you in a car? <laughs> I was actually, I was in a car going for a bacon roll. I peeped, I peeped and waved and thought, that's why Sean Dillon looks like Sean Dillon and I look like me. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I spoke to young Miller Thompson the, the other week out on loan at Montrose um, and says, uh, if you're looking for inspiration, then 40-year-old Sean Dillon is where it's at, still performing at a good level for a, a high-flying team in League One. And if you're going to, yeah, if you're a young man, as, as Miller is on loan from United, then that, there's a guy to shape your, your fitness and conditioning, your professionalism after. 
Well, you had an effect on me. I only had one bacon <laughs> I usually have two. <laughs> Moving swiftly over the road. George, bear. Wow. We're in dreamland. I know. I <laughs> Don't waken me up. <laughs> Some fool on this podcast last week said I'd settle for a point against St. Martin. Blew him away. What was that about? Uh, quite remarkable, actually. I mean, I always thought they, they were well capable of getting someone against St. Martin because although St. Martin have done uh, incredibly well this season, um, you always feel against anybody outside the old firm at home you have an opportunity yeah. and I saw some at the game in Paisley but you know you've got to take your heart off to Dundee the way they've gone about their business this season Tony Dogray has instilled you know real confidence among the squad he's signed some really experienced players I've harped on about the goalkeeper and the two centre backs um, but he's also he's, he's put a system in place which means that while they don't have possession of the ball, they don't really look under a lot of pressure to them. So had the majority of possession in that first half, but did very little with it. And I know Stephen Robinson was unhappy with that. Yeah. And he pointed it out in his pre-match, uh, his post-match comments. But, you know, and this has given Dundee a foundation to go and win games. And... Um, I was delighted, you know, Baki Yoko get, gets the first goal and St. Murnoff had most possession in the game. I was delighted for him because he's, he had one ruled out at, at Livingston not too long ago. He's working incredibly hard. Um, they get the penalty kick right on half-time, uh, which is, for me, is, is, is a game-changer, effectively. You know, you can go in there and, and you know, put, put St. Murn right under the cost. But, you know, Dundee, George, you know as well, Dundee have had real problems with penalty kicks yes. <laughs> over this past wee while. And it was interesting to see who was actually going to be taking the kick. And it, you know, for a while, Lyle Cameron had his hands on the ball. And I don't know if it was done beforehand. Who was ta- you'd, think, you'd like to think it would be, you know, the pe- penalty taker was, was named before they go out onto the park. But Lyle Cameron had his hands on the ball for quite a while. And Zach Rodden took it. And Must admit, I assumed it would have been one of the summer arrivals just because yeah. of what happened last season with penalties yeah, yeah. you're never sure for once I've got to say for all those I'm not sure how many it was that actually missed over, over a, maybe 10 penalties I, I don't know maybe 7 out of 10 they'd missed or something like that I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the start but they've still got to be saved penalty kicks still have to be saved if they're on target and mm-hmm. more, more often than not keepers will go the wrong way they'll, they'll yeah. gamble and go the wrong way well on this occasion both things happen uh, Zach Run runs up, puts it on target in the corner. Uh, Zach Hemming goes the wrong way. It's in the back and it done here two nothing up. The referee, the, the two kick off and the referee blew the half time whistle straight away. Um, and what a place to be at half time two nothing up against a high flying St. Mern side. And there was a buzz around Dens Park yeah. on, on Saturday and right, rightly so. And, and then you know the, the, they come out in, in the second half and. Simon again had, had had a bit of possession, but didn't I was going really to say, I was listening the on the radio, and it, yeah. was, it, it was Willie Miller who, bizarrely, for those of us who remember Willie's rivalry, particularly with the other half of the city here, he seems to love going to Dens and Tanneries. He's <laughs> really happy when Dundee or United do well. Yeah. But he kept saying, St. Murnoff have got more of the ball, but Dundee look very yeah. dangerous. Dundee, yeah. are, Dundee are the dangerous team in this game. They did, and, and for me, 
the third goal kills the game completely. But it's, it's the goal of the game for me. And I've got to say, again, Bakayoko was outstanding. He gets the yeah. ball on the halfway line, twists and turns a defender, gets it out to uh, Zach Rudden out wide. And Rudden then obviously attacks from the right hand side. But I watched it back. If you saw it, anybody saw the sports scene highlights, and they pinpointed it as well. The effort Bakayoko mm-hmm. makes to get his himself into a position where he can at least get an opportunity. He, he runs. He's a big lad, but he's run like a sprinter. He's not actually looking. Yeah. He's not actually looking at Rudden. He's he's knocking his pan in to get into that box. Just in case the ball should drop for a minute, falls absolutely. When when mm-hmm. has a shot and him and spills it, it's on a play. And uh, yeah, and great to see Zach Robson coming on and, and finishing it off. And football's a fickle game at time at times, Sam. And you know, most Dundee fans at the start of the season and probably before that game, you would have still been saying, you know what, we'll be quite happy to keep ourselves in this league. Yeah. This season. The relegation word. Don't bring up the R word, the relegation word. But suddenly... Don't bring up the E word. That has changed. That has changed um, to the E word. You're right. And uh, Let's just think about Hibs a week on Saturday. Are we allowed to bring up anything when we're talking about I I don't know if the manager will be too happy about it. But Bakayoko obviously got the question put to him about Europe and he answered it. Why not, he said. He'll be getting hit with a big stick on Monday. And it'll be a big stick for Bakayoko, you've got to say. He's about six foot five. Oh, it was really funny as well because it, it juxtaposed so well with, yeah. with uh, the managers. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're not getting carried away. Let's one game at yeah. a time, then the next day in the paper. Bakayoko says we're going for Europe. But that, Poor guy. There will be Dundee <laughs> supporters daring to dream as well. And I spoke to Tom yeah, Fair about this. I, I do really believe that, that what they've shown this season, what I think is. Looking at that team, I think now you can be quite confident in saying that they've got a real good chance of staying in that league. With the defence and, and, and the goalkeeper and the way they're structured, they're very, very solid. Now, the other side of the coin is, when they're talking about Europe, to, to take that extra step, I still think they need a few more goals. And I don't think they've got, got four. Got, I, know, I know they've got four. I what know they've got four. <laughs> but I think to take that extra step, they, they would need somebody to be to be banging in goals every single week. Uh, you know, and, maybe this uh, is the start of it. I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. But I don't think we're getting too far ahead of ourselves. I think the vast majority of fans would be quite happy just to keep doing what they're doing. The manager will be making sure they don't get too far ahead of themselves in, in terms of what can what can we achieve this season. Just keep going about their business as they're doing it, and. Uh, you know, Hibs up next at Den, so they'll have a good chance of picking up points in that one as well. And George, as Bear says, because of the way the team is set up, uh, and they're not, they don't punt up the park or anything, but what struck me about last Saturday was uh, Bakayoko and uh, Rudden in particular when they broke, they're so direct, which is a thing. Two big guys running at pace at you, no defence is mm-hmm. going to like that. It means that they don't have to have the possession stats. Because when they get the ball, they use it positively and get up the park quickly. Yeah, you can see there's a, a clear identity in the, in the Dundee team. Um, and that behind those big strikers running at you, you've got clever guys like Luke McCown who's playing yeah. brilliantly this season. You've got Scott Tiffany who hasn't really had the chance to show what he can do, but we know that he can be that kind of direct attacking uh, player as well. Um 
But I was actually having a look at the stats just yesterday across the whole league, and, and Dundee have the least possession of any team in the, in the division. They've played the least passes, and they don't care because that's absolutely the way they're, they're going about But the play passes, they're, they're, they're exactly. mean, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. at that stat simply because they don't simply just punt the ball up the park. They're, no. They're, what they are is very direct. Exactly. There's a, a real kind of purpose to when they've got possession that they're coming at you. Uh, it's not keeping possession for possession's sake, and I, I quite like that approach. Uh, and it's certainly been effective so far. Um Listened to the podcast last week. Uh, I think you, you asked the question whether Dundee winning that game would be the biggest win of the season. I think Dundee give you the answer by beating them four 0 because it certainly is the. Were they listening? Weren't they? I was listening. I don't know if anybody else. Was listening, <laughs> but... I, well, I think Dundee um... maybe have more sense than you. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to me. I don't see why a footballer would. Yeah. But in terms of what Bear was saying about goals at the other end, um, if you're not conceding them, then you don't need that many. Um, that's what five clean sheets and six, I think. Maybe I've given them an extra one there. I think that's what, what we're at. Um, six in total, and they're, they're closing in on their best kind of tally for the past 20 years, which is seven. Um, and you can kind of forget that Rangers game already, these yeah. two wins. Um, and I, when you're talking about Europe, I, it's, it's still very early because they are only seven points off bottom. Um, at the moment, which is a very negative way to look at it, but that's the first job is to keep yourselves in, in the division. But George, with one eye on starting the season at the end of <laughs> June, is playing down their European yeah. hopes. Yeah. Um, but if you look at the rest of the division, I, 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 there's not a huge amount to be afraid of, aside from obviously the top two are away and clear. Duddy winning that game against Sibran, they're only two points off third. We've all talked about how good Simran have been all season and suddenly Dundee are within one result of them. Um, you look at the goal difference, there's only two teams in the division have a positive goal difference. Yeah, and Dundee are back to was... minus one. I mean, if Dundee... Dundee yeah. Johnny Dundee... Dundee touched on that. He yeah. said that getting, yeah. getting the 4-0 win uh, sort of took away the loss against Rangers effectively. The goals against Colm has, has been brought right back into, into place. I think for Dundee... The next target should be that obviously there's a, there's a pile of games coming up before Christmas. I would say the thirty point mark. Dundee, I think, are on seventeen points at this time, a point in time. Let's let's see how close we can get to thirty points before Christmas. That would be a fabulous achievement if they could actually get to that. Yeah. But even even if they don't get as close as they can, like I've always said, a point a point a game will keep you mm -hmm. in this league. So if Dundee could get to thirty points before Christmas. You're only talking another seven or eight well, points. Well, have got a few yeah. spare in the bank. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's so that that would be a target for me uh, if, if they were to set any targets. But it, it's it's all good at this point in time. The you know the way the way they're playing and uh, it's not just being done with eleven men. He's he's utilised his entire squad. You know, he, every everyone has had opportunities and 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 to be fair, the vast majority of guys who have had opportunities have come in and, and made made an impact. I've got I've got to mention Zach Rudden on on. Saturday, you know, he, he must run further than anyone else, and I've been his biggest critic. I, th I still mm -hmm. think he can improve um, when he's got the ball at his feet and his link-up play. But he, he he runs and runs and runs, and when he went off, he got a stand innovation for what he did. Now, if, if he's doing that, if he's if he's if he's covering the hard yards and he's coming up with goals as well, Zach Rudd will keep himself in that team. There's no doubt about that, and uh, he deserves all the praise he got for last week. You know, yeah. uh, ho hopefully he can keep it going. I mean. On Rudden, there's a thing. I'm like Bear. I I see a potentially very good all-round striker there 
if he adds two or three things to his game. But Tony Doherty seems to, I'm, and I'm sure he's working on that in training, Tony Doherty seems to be very good at focusing on what players are good at and getting them to do that in games. Yeah, uh, I'm fascinated to see how, how Zach Rudden can develop because he, in terms of his natural attributes, yeah. there, there are so many things going for him. That's why he was at Rangers for so long. It's mm-hmm. why he got, I think, maybe two different you know, new contracts at Rangers because they saw the natural um, uh, attributes that he had yeah. and then obviously backed themselves to work on that. I don't think that everything else that people have wanted to come for Zach in terms of his personal development has quite happened yet. However, he is still a relatively young man yeah. and he still has that, as Bear says, he runs like a thoroughbred and... You know, that's something that a lot of Dundee's attackers got back at Yoko as well, and Zach Robinson puts in a shift that's a, kind of the backbone to a lot of the success. But in terms of Zach, I, I remember covering him during one of his loan spells at, at Falkirk when I used to do a bit of Falkirk work. And for a little bit too long, it's felt like I'm watching the same player that was on loan yeah. at Falkirk. You mm-hmm. know, I, Whereas maybe now... Um, under the the tutelage of a new coach with a bit more a bit more confidence behind his game, maybe he can start to develop all those other things. Because, see, in terms of his physicality and his mm-hmm. energy and his what his work rate, he's got a lot of things going for him that other strikers would kill for. And if he just develops an eye for goal and works on a little bit of his technical stuff uh, and that starts to develop, then uh, he still could be a, a a really excellent striking prospect. Um, because. Um, there's loads there for a coach to work with. I, I always suspect I, I like players who I think must be quite exciting for coaches to work mm-hmm. with. I, I think if you're yeah. a coach that you back yourself, and it's probably why so many people have, have signed Zach yeah. Rudden either on loan or... Something, yeah, yeah, if you're a coach, you probably back yourself to to work with a player like that and say, I could bring something out in you. And maybe Tony Dockett is the guy that's doing that. Yeah. And of course, the other side got his goal... Uh, disappointed as Bear is with the goals return four on Saturday all from strikers great although what I thought as good a finish as Zach Robinson uh, managed when he came on another sign of the confidence of Luke McCowan uh, today that was a he he threat in a tight situation at pace he threads the ball right between the two defenders in a way nobody expected him he would yeah I I don't think he it was his best game uh, against St Martin but like we've spoken about consistency it's what you do when you're not having your best game how can you make a contribution and he was he was part of good stuff he kept the ball quite well without actually creating anything right up until the very end and he makes a 40 yard run and plays the perfect Perfect and you think pass. he's entitled to shoot? Yeah. From that, he's inside the box. Three. He's he's quite central. Sam, I know a lot of a lot of players who have just got the head down and had a smack at the goal. Yeah. Three nothing up. The manager's not going to complain too much, is he? No. But with we're five minutes to go, Zach Zach Robinson might have complained right, and of course he was standing <laughs> yes. on his own. But uh-huh. uh, but it was a perfect pass, and it I was a. But he did have that thing. excuse not to pass to him. Yeah. It wasn't. A, he, no, no. he wasn't just rolling it. He no. had to. Place the had ball to find, had carefully. To find, find the gap, yeah, to, to put it between the defenders. Yeah, so, yeah, another another fine performance from him. And in, gen, in general, a, a, a top performance from Dundee. And yeah, the manager can be well chuffed where they are at this point in time. And George, how? I mean, what is the mood at Dens? How how high are the players right now? Oh, uh, hi. Oh, sorry, I was. That wasn't a drug me, accusation, what, I, George. Yeah, what have they been <laughs> taken? Uh, well, very. I think they're just feeling very confident about 
the way they're going about things. Because um, we, we've seen plenty of managers over the years and, and things go okay, but they, they really feel like this is working, if you know what I mean. That's, you can yeah. feel that confidence across across the team. that um, They've got a real plan in place and the plan's working. They can see that every week, that things that they're doing in training are coming off on the on the pitch. And that's that's... That's one of the hardest thing in, things uh, as a coach or a manager, I can imagine. And we, I mean, we've so, made a lot too about the number of new faces he's brought in, but the number of, the number of kids, I mean, the, who's at Finn Robin, uh, Robertson's away, uh, Lyle Cameron's away on international duty. He, he's, bringing, he's bringing kids who were doing well, but now they're doing very well through yeah. into the ranks. Definitely. And then I think Lyle Cameron was very good on Saturday. They obviously not on the score sheet and maybe not getting the, the headlines or whatever but he, he, Lyle looks like he's, he's really starting to kind of be more and more comfortable in the, the premiership level uh, it's obviously his first taste of it after last season um, but George like and, you say the, the way Dundee play I think it suits Lyle Cameron because he's, yeah. he's getting the ball in, in deep areas he's not a, a person who's going to lash the ball 60 yards up the park or somebody to run on to he's actually mm-hmm. Trying to find a forward, and and they're they're building like you say. Dundee don't have much possession, but what they do uh, is very good, and that's coming off mm-hmm. the training ground, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a thing with Dundee, isn't it? The, the, this thing about the possession is, you look at their midfielders. You, there's so many passers there, yeah. which shows if you use the ball properly, you don't need fifty passes to no, get you the park. You don't. I mean, Pep. was it was it? Graham <laughs> Taylor used to say you just needed three. <laughs> just what, a big punt ahead on and a, and a goal that's a bit and one of them was the boy that put yeah. the ball down yeah. for the goalie kick <laughs> exactly yeah. but um, yeah I mean they're a good they're a good sight to watch I mean I think mm-hmm. coming out of Danes on Saturday there was a real real buzz and it's good because so often in the past even when Dundee have been successful even in the in the championship last season we lost a few games at Danes, yeah. at Danes Park and, and it's, it's been a, a well since you know, Dundee, we'll see it. Clubs say, make your home ground a fortress. And it isn't that. Not, not Certainly not at this point in time. But they're looking like they're a really tough team to beat at Dens. And that's what that's what you want. And that's where the majority of fans will see it. Um, so, yeah, there was there was a buzz uh, coming out of Dens Park. And, Tom, you spoke about the, the, the players that he's brought in, the young lads as well. But there's, there's quite a few. There's Charlie Riley. There's, there's Josh Mulligan. There's... The, the guy Howley, the boy Donnelly, who's come up on loan as well. And the vast majority of them, Riley, we haven't seen a lot of yet. I th- I'd like to see a bit more of him because we spoke about someone who can get goals. He's scored a bar load in Scotland, albeit at a lower level. Mm-hmm. But he's just got to find his way in the team. And I'm sure he will get an opportunity. But yeah, Tony Doherty, as I say, it's not an 11-man job, this. This is this is 16 or 17 guys he really, really trusts can go on and do that. And it's a system that he has put in place that they must be drilled on every single week. That what, regardless of what position you play or what is your natural position, if you get asked to go and do a job, you go and do it, and it's working to a tee. I mean, both sides of the street right now, Alan. Uh, we've got two managers that are very much squad based, aren't they? And and they seem to be able. To, uh, one of the most difficult things for any manager is to keep your squad happy. You can keep the eleven boys in the team happy, but they seem to be able. To, everyone feels involved. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know Jim Goodwin's man management is exceptional, and uh, I, I don't know Tony Docherty at all, but I, I'm sure George would would kind of echo that on the, the the Dundee front because he certainly seems to be keeping his squad happy. And it's a great point Bear makes about the the amount of young players because we sat here at the beginning of the season and said, you know, if we had one worry about the Dundee team, then maybe there was the lack of Premiership now, Premiership experience. They mm-hmm. they addressed that to an extent. Trevor Carson, Joe Shaughnessy, you know, Ricky Lamy, that kind of thing. But he's still putting his faith in a lot of young players and you know I, I think with the benefit of hindsight maybe we go well of course you know no bother they were clearly good players but he's the one that had the bottle to you know trust these boys and in, in the top flight and yeah maybe we will see that's the one benefit of them doing so well is perhaps you will see a Charlie Riley because it's a lot more easier yeah. to say do you know what I'll give him the last 20 minutes if you're fifth in the league than it is if you're 12th in the league you know Absolutely. so that's um, that could be another benefit to, to this form but yeah it's not only a squad game but a game where Dundee are giving a lot of young players an opportunity to shine and I think that's really admirable for a team that you know, could have approached this season by saying, let's get grizzled veterans in and let's not get relegated. Mm-hmm. They've not done that. They've been more ambitious than that. And yeah, just capped off to, to Tony Doherty for his first managerial role. He's yeah. absolutely smashing it so far. And George, to touch on something Bear said there, you know, I mean, even campaigns that Dundee have had in recent times that you would put down as a success, they've been a battle, it's been a struggle, it's been a grind. We're recording this right in the midst of Cammy Kerr getting his boots on for his well-deserved testimonial today. And the crowd at Dens are not going to be sitting there going, oh, there's there's Julian Speroni, there's Fabian Cabot. If only we had players like that. Yeah, yeah you, it's great to see them again and you'll remember them fondly. But what I'm saying is the crowd the, the crowd will be going, we've got some great guys there just now. It's, it's, nice, it's a nice sort of vibe to be going into a testimonial because too often testimonials remind you of what you're missing. Certainly, and, and over Cammy's 10 years, there's, there's been some... Uh, this isn't Cammy's fault, obviously, but there's been some kind of pretty poor times at Dens, obviously relegations mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, and kind of had it been a year like that when it was a real struggle, then, yeah, they would have been harking back to better days, but feels like there's certainly better days ahead with this Dundee team. Uh, it is a new team and it feels like they are, they are only just starting to, to build under Tony Doherty. Um And I've kind of lost where I was was going with that there. Um, but <laughs> but it just looks good to look at the league table. I mean, See how all jumped in to help you out of that, George. Yeah, I don't know that. We're enjoying the squirm. <laughs> It's good just looking at the league table. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw it. This Actually, on the subject of that, I don't, I'm not saying that Alan's getting fonder and fonder of his new love, Dundee United, but could you have printed that Premier League table in any smaller print than you have? I can't read that. <laughs> These are George's notes. I just printed them out. Uh, there's been a bit of fiddling with the print, the type size on that. I am not, I'm not criticising the man for doing my work for me this morning, so as far as I'm concerned, you're lucky you got anything. That's... I can read uh, the finest. George is a busy uh, man. That's why he's in his house. So uh, he, the fact that he even did the notes is quite enough for me. You're <laughs> you're, you're such a diva sometimes. Honestly, <laughs> you know you know at my age and with these glasses, I need big print. <laughs> to be fair, we have cut off the uh, the points total at the end of that table. So um, oh, the, I just thought I couldn't see it. 
I, I can but, see it on mine on the screen. I don't know yeah. what's happened to your printer. It's absolutely <laughs> yeah. fine on mine. George, you know what the printers are like in this place. Yeah. I, I, I don't yeah. think it's your fault. Blame the Dundee, <laughs> Dundee, yeah, Dundee have 17 points if you can't see that. Um, yeah. But, I mean, this stage in, in November, I, I'm trying to think back to a season where you're probably back to Craig Stewart times when, when Dundee were kind of that high and going for kind of top six. And still a bit early to talk about top six, I think, um, just because of how how close the, the division George, is. you're going to Europe in the first week in July. Well, just get over it. I'm 100% all for it. Just, just uh, don't get beat. If you just just avoid getting beat seven nil, and it's a cracking <laughs> trip. Honestly, you'll you'll love it. You'll love it. I suppose you should point out that I actually started this, but mentioning Kami Kerr, yeah. and it's great, great to see a guy who's universally known by fans as one of our own get this this recognition. It's it's a strange one because. Well, he'd be in the starting lineup tonight, regard, by the way. I still regard Kami <laughs> Kerr as a young man. Yes. To, to me, he is, is a young man, but in general, that football... That maybe is reflective of our age Yeah, I think it is. In, yeah. in general, he is still a young man. I mean, there is a possibility Kami Kerr could still be at Dens in 10 years' time, still pulling, pulling on his jersey. What was he, George? 28 years old or something 27. like that. 27. 27, yeah, quite easily. He's Just a, a boy. He's a, he's a fit young man, but he deserves, he deserves it because, you know, footballers nowadays, it used to be... Uh, the testimonials came around quite often because there'd be quite a lot of guys that'd be sort of one club all their lives but mm -hmm. that's that's few and far between nowadays for various reasons and, and more often than not because it is more lucrative if you're a footballer to move from club to club to club you know that, that's just the way football is in general you know you very rarely, rarely leave and, and take a wage cut certainly if you're on, on the upward curve uh, but Cammy's played at a very high level at Dundee I mean there's been quite a few, he's seen off quite a few managers who maybe initially thought they would see off Kami Kerr, so I'll put it that way. And uh, yeah, hopefully he'll get a good turn out his testimonial tonight. It'll be good to see a few old faces there, certainly, you know, and we'll hark back to the times of uh, Ivano Benetti and, and some of the stars that played then and some of the football that, that was played in those days was, was fantastic. And... I think that's the thing you remember most because you don't remember any trophy wins because unfortunately there was no trophy wins and that's the, the one big thing that was missing off that, yeah. that team's CV I, because I they, were, they were a really good side to watch yeah. but maybe maybe just a bit too open probably was 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 uh, their downfall but some fantastic, fantastic players, Tom, you, you know. and uh, Yeah, it's nice to see Ivano and his brother Dario yeah. uh, there today because it's um, for a while... The, the, Things were a bit iffy. It often happens when managerial teams depart mm -hmm. clubs, but it's, he, he seems to be back in love. I think well, the strange thing about that time, Tom, I mean, there's no, there can be no denying there was a lot of money swishing about and players were getting played very, very well for, for what they were doing for a club this the size of Dundee. And, and that's for others to debate at another time. Um, but there can be no denying that the vast majority of players who were there, who came from abroad, have a real affection for the club. Yeah. He had a really good time over, over that period. And it wasn't just to do with the money. I think, you know, I, we've spoken about currently at Danes and at Tannis, you've got happy squads. I think they had a happy squad at that mm -hmm. time and, and it, it produced a winning squad. You had know, a so. mental squad at that yeah. time. Yeah, so... Uh, As I always remember, I mean, <coughs> I mean what the, the, the sad end to, to, to that mm. era, if you like, and I remember speaking to Georgie Nemzanti when he'd lost his, his job at mm. Dundee for... Uh, uh, because of administration, and I said, "Well, Georgie, 
Well, your ability, I'm not, I'm not buttering you up, but you'll get another club, no problem. Uh, and he said, that doesn't matter, because this is where I want to be. Yeah. He said, I love it, my, my wife loves it, my kids love it. I want, I want to be here. Nothing. Not in such fluent English as that, because Georgie never <laughs> Georgie wasn't big on learning English, but he was—he he was a lovely guy, and that—that that summed it up. They really—they really enjoyed themselves. They had a really good time. Yeah, and that was a credit to the the people who, in the background at the club, who, who made them feel welcome, made mm -hmm. sure that it wasn't just about the football time. You were bringing people over from you know a, a foreign land. You had to make sure that everything was in place for them, whether it was. You know where they were, where they were staying. You know how they were getting to and from the ground, etc., etc. How their families were getting this to the schools and things like yeah. that. Everything was everything was looked after, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was a good time. Ultimately, it was it was probably people will look back and say, well, it nearly it nearly cost the club their, their existence. Um, but what a journey it was! It, it was it was. It's hard to believe it's twenty years ago. I mean, I think it's it will be it's twenty years ago this month. That, Almost, I was. It might be in October. They went into administration, wasn't it? It was two thousand. I was saying that October. Was it no, but it was two thousand three. It was two thousand three. It might be this very yeah. international break. That's right. Scotland, That's right. Scotland got humped by uh, Holland in a playoff yeah. game in Amsterdam, right. and the Dundee mm -hmm. players came off uh, the park to the news that yeah. they might be out of a job the next day. But you were up there, and, and there was genuine sadness. Yeah, fine. It all, all turned out. Although I do have to say, one of, one of the, the guests, the, the wonderful Fabian Caballero, uh, who could, the, the smiliest man in the world, came out that day, uh, having been given the terrible news that he was out of job, and he had his normal broad smile on his face. I said, Fabian, could you sort of look a bit more glum? And he did. He was such an obliging chap, <laughs> he immediately put a frown on for the photographers. But, but it's, I mean, even in the even in the worst of moments, the, yeah. the, there was a sort of humour and a so, an atmosphere, yeah. a, a togetherness about them that they all engaged. And it would be great to see a lot of them, as well as the likes of Jockey Scott, Barry Smith, Rob Douglas, Charlie Adam. Charlie Adam. Barry and, Smith. How many jobs has Barry Smith actually had since he left us here at Delhi Sport? Aye. That's a He's question. just left Elgin. I see that. Yeah. I just have, it must be a yeah. couple of weeks. It was sitting. It was sitting with me. Got <laughs> got him in the way of saying I've had enough of this. <laughs> he knows. He knows when to go. One thing I was going to say before I finish. I, th I think it's, it's nice. Nice to see James McPake, uh, someone who obviously worked with Cami uh, at Dens, but it's nice to see him back because he he could easily have said. Mm -hmm. The way the way I was treated when I left, no thanks. Mm -hmm. But and it maybe shows George how highly Cammy's regarded in the game that James McPake will be at Dens. Yeah, I think so. They had a very strong relationship, um, and it says a lot to, about Cammy as, as a guy and as a player that all these names are coming back. Yeah, see, um, I could have mentioned great, another ten. Yeah, names. it's a great list. Of, form of these uh, different uh, eras and it's uh, supposed to be a, a cracking night I, I would think um, interesting and to it see it hasn't raining uh, yet <laughs> a don't say that, that. Rain, don't <laughs> mention that word every, every Dundee home game it rains these days it rains um, goals George it rains goals <laughs> well, he's changed you've changed a while ago he was moaning about a drought after a 4-0 win <laughs> it's, uh, and, yeah I'd, 10 years I mean, it's incredible. Twenty-seven years old, that Cammy's already 
been at the club for 10 years, but certainly deserving of a, a big night to celebrate that and obviously big names coming along. Um, and speaking to him uh, a couple of weeks ago, it's, he already has his eye on that second testimonial he's been talking about. Morris Malpass getting one for United. Yes, I was. Him being their neighbours. I saw both so, Morrises. Yeah, their neighbours apparently. So I think Cammy would quite like to emulate that. I think that would be some going. Great stuff, guys. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice, 